This production is supported by Arts Council England. For more information, visit artscouncil.org.uk. Furtherfield.org for art, technology and social change. Okay, hello again. Tonight's guests, Lottie Child of Street Training and Dougald Hine and Peter Gravel from Spacemaker Saint-Jacy, all share a context, bringing them together in a way which is exploring the everyday world, out there on the streets. Both are engaged in changing everyday culture in the physical sense, whether it be Lottie in her street training projects, collaborating and participating with various individuals and groups in the UK or in different countries, with a network of people actively reshaping their surroundings and how these affect their behaviour, discovering together the ability to renegotiate the multiplicity of forces at play in city streets by making and refraining from spontaneous urban interventions. So you're co-founder of Street Training, which is uh, www.streettraining.org, and uh, you recently ran a project involving street training at Tate Britain, uh, which was also uh, travelling around the country, yeah? I've done it in all kinds of different cities and different contexts. So I uh, noticed that you it was at the Cube Cinema in Bristol. Yeah, in the early days. In the early days, and also the Cube in Manchester. That's right, yeah, I was part of an exhibition there last summer. Okay, uh, so what was that like? I went up to Manchester to form a street training team, and uh, we explored the environment, did street training, which I'll tell you a little bit about, and created some videos, made a map, uh, for all kinds of different people to engage with actively shaping their urban environment. Street training, you've described it really great, and another way of looking at it is pissing about in the street. Not literally, or maybe literally. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, so, but it, uh, and it also involves sessions which took place in London as well. Yeah, last summer last, and the summer before, regular sessions took place, so we meet at Liverpool Street Station and train and do a circuit and end up at uh, Spitalfield City Farm. Okay, Uh, so this circuit, uh, how wide is this circuit? Did you you end up at City Farm? Yeah, it takes about two hours. It's not very far, but because people are freestyling, improvising, spontaneously responding to each other and the environment, it takes a really long time because it takes every interaction and every engagement just spins off in many different directions. And also, uh, you're a lecturer at University of Arts London, and it says, well, I've noticed that the research topics are in the field of uh, situation-based practice, engaging with information exchange, and this also includes exploring the hierarchies, rituals and taboos of the streets through a combination of performance, audience participation and publications. This is all fascinating stuff. Let's just get into the nitty-gritty of what street training is. Let me tell you about early research methods. I walked non-stop for 24 hours around Camberwell um, on two different occasions, asking everyone I met, how do I need to behave to be safe on the streets? And how do I need to behave to be joyful on the streets? Now to the first question, people have so many answers and they love to talk about it. The most consistent answer was, don't go out on the streets, it's dangerous. 
Um, and I thought, wow, perhaps there are fears that are disproportionate to the actual dangers. And perhaps it's difficult for me to gauge what the dangers are because it's different for different people in different places at different times. And to the question how to be joyful in the streets, most people didn't understand the question, didn't want to engage with the question. Be joyful in the streets, you know, it's, it's not something that, that people think is necessary. And, and that raised a question for me. If we think that joy isn't, isn't part of the public space that we're continually producing and creating, I thought, well, I'll need to find some experts. And so I started to create situations because I've been living in London for a long time, watching children and young people continually being joyful, making creative use of public space and changing the way public spaces felt and were perceived as a result of that. So kids drumming on bins or once I saw two boys playing catch over two rows of double-decker buses in the street. Um, uh, kids climbing inside the buses, using them as kind of assault courses. And I realized that there's lots of creativity, lots of joy, lots of spontaneous, l lots of action. And uh, if I could draw attention to it and say, this, this is what I'm talking about, it would be useful. And so as a result of that, I made street training manuals. And they have the aesthetic of a martial art. And they have the path of safety and the path of joy. And the street training manual is constituted by all the answers to all the questions. And uh, so it's a kind of folk knowledge reflecting two aspects of the street that I seem to think were most important. Okay. Uh, the other thing is, well, when you were talking about safety, and obviously, you know, the average Daily Mail reader will obviously have lights ringing on their craniums of fear, you know, because our, our, obviously our culture is, you know, ran by fear. It's its main product. There is, of course, some kind of risk involved and so have you come across you know anything that's been risky at all during the process of the work you've been doing there are so many risks because there are so many boundaries so contravening the boundary of socially acceptable behavior so if you don't walk down the street with you walking down the street face on you think you, maybe one thing you have to police yourself or police other people and if you um if i interact with people i don't know that's really risky um because we might find out that we're not all horrible we're not all, uh, the kind of dangerous other that we think we are um, and some of the so some of the I call them to give it a very serious and important name I call them street training techniques these are the things that mostly young people but all kinds of different people have taught me while I've been traveling around lots of different cities asking people about joy and creating situations to identify it so these street training techniques sometimes involve climbing, sometimes involve trespassing, sometimes involve um, using public space in ways that it's not designed for. Last year, I believe, you went to Brazil. That's right. Yes. Can I just have a bit more information of what that, why you went to Brazil? I've been a number of times. I'd been to lots of different European cities asking people about safety and joy and creating street training as a way of responding to and producing public space alone and with other people. I wanted to test it out in Brazil, in big metropolises, completely different set of cultures, presumably. Um, the first activity I did was I arrived alone in Sao Paulo, uh, checked into a dodgy downtown hotel, opened the street training manual and looked at the instructions from people in Camberwell. Um, the first one is from a teenager who says, whenever you can, stop and smell the flowers. So I went out into a local park and uh, 
had to try and get people engaged in this funny activity of trying to get people to take a photo of me doing this. And then later on it said, or a child had said, just lay down, lay down on the pavement, look at the sky. And um, I was quite tired, actually, because I was having a bit of insomnia. So I thought I'd try and follow this instruction in a downtown park. The park had a clear delineation between quite well-to-do people playing football with their kids in the park and dogs, and, and the other side of the park was colonised with homeless people, and it was very dry. And um, on that side of the park was only the place that I could sleep, with the grass was full of dog shit. So I went over there, and... Um, I was researching for a piece for a show at the South London Gallery called Games and Theory. So I wanted to make some art for that exhibition and wanted to see what would happen if I lay down there. So I tried to sleep in this place uh, as an act of trust, really, and as an experiment. And a, lo a kid who sleeps there usually came and looked after me, offered me his blanket and his cardboard, and we had a nice conversation and sang songs and uh, talked about what it's like to sleep outside and all kinds of different questions about the city, what's it like to trust. And um, and then I went back the next day and interviewed him, which was became part of this video piece. Um, but more recently, I lived four months in Rio and worked with a documentary maker to record the similar kind of explorations and worked, spent a lot of time in a favela called Mojudos Prazeres with people who, uh, yeah, they were teaching me about their codes, how to be safe, how to be joyful. And in Rio, as a woman, the best way to be safe, I discovered, is to really own and walk your sexuality. What does that mean? I think something about being joyful and safe is to be, is to enjoy your own body. To, to walk uh, and to feel your sexuality. Does that go beyond gender then? Um, public space in Rio, as far as I understand it, is really clearly gendered and different behaviours are appropriate for different people and, and there's a lot of, just as in, in this country, a lot of self-policing and policing of each other just to conform to those roles. So there's different types of street roles and behaviour uh, in Rio compared to, say, here. <laughs> and Rio's got two different systems too because the favelas uh, have a completely different set of codes and the asphalt, as you call it, which are policed um, and mostly populated by middle class people have, have a different set of codes again. Right, so you recently had a conference. Can you just mention that? Because I wasn't on 25th of March or something. Yeah, it was recently. Um, one of the things I discovered when I was doing my research is that I might get awarded as, as an artist uh, an international arts residency for the activities I was doing, but a kid from South London might get awarded an ASBO for exactly the same behaviour. So I think that privilege is one of the dynamics that constructs public space. It's one of these many, many invisible boundaries that we are subject to and that we are perpetuating without really realising. And, and just going out and playing and contravening these boundaries is, is actually highlighting them really effectively for me. I thought, well, I'd like to work, deliver street training sessions with the young people I'm learning with and learning from and, and talk about antisocial behaviour. What is social behaviour? Actually, often the young people who are being uh, wrongly accused are very creative and very social 
in, and it's been misunderstood. So um, I had a lot of support from Francis Williams at the South London Gallery. Spent lots of time with young people on So Gardens Estate, exploring how to be joyful and creating a street training circuit specifically for the police to teach them the difference between antisocial and social behaviour and to teach them how to have more fun. And they engaged in activities such as uh, seeing how many people you can get into a phone box, floating a travel card on a puddle as a boat, doing pull-ups, getting an iron into a tree, just the things that we do when we're free-playing in the street. And uh, as a result of that, more trust and dialogue was created between the young people and the police. And the conference was a way of, kind of a cross between a conference and a street training session because we wanted to try and find ways that we could collectively make meaning together without, again, reinforcing and reproducing structures that are limiting and privileging the ones that are always privileged. Okay, well... Can I just uh, grab a question from Twitter? Go for it. Marvellous. Um, I've said marvellous. I knew I was going to oh, no, <laughs> I've broken it already. I said I wasn't going to say it. Have a drink. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, there's no absinthe. Um, sorry, we're using um, the Twitter hashtag FRFM so that people can ask questions via Twitter. Um, and I've just had a question come in from Taylor Nuttall who says um, he loves the idea of being joyful in the street, uh, but can we extend this to non-urban spaces too? I think we are continually producing our environments uh, in a reciprocal way and that applies equally in your urban or your rural environment. And that's a really important thing to, an interesting thing for me to explore. I think we're always producing whatever environment we're in. Well, Taylor Nuttall resides in Cumbria, so it might be worth uh, going up there and teaching Taylor a thing or two about <laughs> urban training. or. I'm sure he could teach me a thing or two about how to interact with his environment oh, and thanks for that taylor well well that's it thank you lottie for coming in and talking with us and the many listeners out there about your project street training and uh, i'm sure there's gonna be plenty of ventures ahead so thanks